Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Good evening. This is Urban Lee, your host of From Beer to the Bible. I want to anchor us in Scripture and start with our nightly prayer. Father, we come to you. We thank you. We thank you for all the things that you have blessed us with. And most importantly, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. In his name we pray. Amen. I want to talk about the steps of faith that we have to take if we want to be recovered from drug and alcohol addiction. As I always do, I have a scripture and I want to anchor us in it. And I think. This is a great scripture for all the things that we're going through currently. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. I'm going to read the New International Version. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And when we are called to step out on faith, which we so many times are, we're called to walk by faith and not by what we see, not our circumstances. Because when you look at your circumstances, your circumstances can tell you that you can't make it, that you can't recover, and you can't get out of the hole that you have when you're suffering from drug and alcohol addiction like I did, that you can't recover. And what I realized during that time was I was going to need to take some steps of faith because the enemy was drowning me out in my soul and in my mind with fear, doubt, sin, and shame. So I'm going to lead you down the path of how I actually had to take physical steps of faith to be where I am today. And as I mentioned in the other show, I had my physical and literally I'm a mess. Uh, Everything that could go wrong with my body is going wrong. So I remember getting home um, and I was thinking and I wasn't praying. But I was just thinking, I was in my own head, leaning on my own discernment and my own understanding. The Bible commands you not to, but I was because I didn't have very much of the Bible uh, in me at that point as far as continuing to read it. And what happened, I kept drinking and a funny thing happened. I would drink and I would have to throw up. I would drink and I would have to throw up. So I got a problem because that was my crutch. And every time I went to my crutch, my crutch started to make me sick. And then when I, when I could get it down, it wasn't working. And so I'm in the cycle. I'm throwing up. It's not working. So I had a period of where I was probably in and out of the hospital for about six weeks, like once a week. I was going to the hospital and. Then I remember 
one of my stays, I was there and the chaplain came in and the chaplain started to talk with me and he started to pray. And I took that as a sign, right? He asked me what was wrong. And sometimes it's easier to tell your story to a complete stranger than it is to tell your loved ones. So I just poured it all out. I just poured it all out to him. And he sat there. And now this was my thought. My thought was this guy is going to, this chaplain is saying, man, this guy's lost. There is just no hope. There's nothing the Lord could do for him. And he said, I'm going to pray for you. And the Lord can bring you out of this. The Lord can bring you out of this. And even in my day state of being hung over and I'm hooked up to all these different tubes, what he gave me was what I needed at that moment. A glimmer of hope, just a glimmer of hope. And I got to tell you, I was, I was tapped out of hope because here I am in the cycle of I'm drinking, it's not working. And when I can get it down and hold it down, I can't hold it down long. I got to physically throw it up. So I go home, back in the cycle. Um, and then what starts to happen to me is these horrible nightmares and dreams. I can't sleep. And that's what I will tell you from alcoholism and addiction is the spiritual things that happen to you because of all of the things that you have in your closet, right? Um, and I'm going to give you a glimpse into this today. So what the enemy did, all the things that I did while I was drinking that I thought was fun, he then turned that around and started to show me the consequences. And he just literally beat my soul up with all the things. I like to say I had hidden all these hidden sins that I had in darkness, he knew about them. He started to bring them out to me and use them against me. And he used them to just drive me deeper into alcoholism. And I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. The drinking's not working. I am literally a mess spiritually, my body and in my soul. So at that point, I called my dad, my dad's son, you need to go to rehab. That you aren't going to be able to fix it yourself. And I talked to my wife the next day and I want you to know I'm not overstating this. I could not will myself to get out of bed that day. I'll never forget it. I could, I, I rose up just a little and then I fell back down and I said, Lord, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I could not get out of bed. And that's when I called my wife in and I said, find me a rehab center. I want to go to rehab. And it took my wife way too long. And that's a part of the reason I have this platform. It took my wife 48 hours to find me a rehab that was literally four miles down the road from where we live. I had driven by that place many times. Didn't know it though. So a part of the reason we have this platform is we are a conduit to help those who are suffering. So you don't have to 
wait 48 hours. The Lord blessed me that I survived. And my wife will tell you, I was, I was, I was freaking out. I was yelling and screaming. My, my dad's trying to talk to me, calm me down because my spirit was under attack, right? My spirit was under attack. My soul was disquieted and I'm a mess. And the enemy's trying to get me not to go to rehab. Just, just drink more. You can fix it. You can fix it because he sees that I'm going to take a step of faith. And I felt horrible. I kept drinking. And I'm, you know, at this point, I weigh probably about 240 pounds. My wife finds the rehab and she's like, you got to put some clothes on. She couldn't really get me dressed. I had to go what I had on. And and I'm going to be honest with you. I probably had had this stuff on for days because I've just been sitting around drinking. And my wife somehow manages to get me in the car. And she gets me to rehab. And my wife is really smart. And I'm going to give her credit. This was her step of faith. She knows how I am. And she knows that the Lord's working this out of me. That I like to be in control. But she also knows that had she not did what I'm going to tell you she did. That I would have left. My wife took all my money. Took my keys took everything from me, my ID and every credit card and left me at rehab with just the clothes I had on and a bag with some clothes in it. That's it. Cause see, here's what would have happened. And my wife knew it. She's like, if I leave him with this stuff, whenever they detox him, He's going to take this card. He's going to take his buddy and his keys. He's going to go right back out there. So when I got there and after about a week, I'm, I'm, I'm sober and I'm dried out and I'm asking them, you know, uh, where, where's all my stuff? They said, oh, your wife didn't leave you with anything. And at that point, my first reaction was I, I was really upset. Uh, I'll be very honest with you. I was really upset. And as I'm going throughout my day in this rehab center, and I'm looking around, I'm saying to myself, Man, I really don't belong here. That That's the one thing. If anybody who's ever, you know, anybody who's been to rehab, you go through this period of <laughs> denial. I'm really not an alcoholic. Uh, you know, I can control myself. I've been here a week. I need to get out. Um, but thankfully, in the rehab I was in, they told you the truth about yourself. And they allowed you, more importantly, to discover the truth about yourself. It didn't take me long to realize this is right where I needed to be. Now, once I realize that, I'm processing to myself and I'm saying, well, I got 31 days in here. How am I going to be in here for 31 days? That was another step of faith that I was going to have to take. But I'm going to tell you how it began to make sense to me. I'm with my counselor one day and he's talking to me. And, you know, at this point, I'm, I'm telling him, I'm like, man, I don't know that I can make it 31 days without drinking I still have the desire. I still have the tremors. My hands are shaking. I got the physical signs. I'm sweating. 
uh, I'm still not feeling good. And, and you got to remember, I'm used to changing the way I feel by what? Drinking. Can't drink. So he says to me, can you just not drink today? Yeah, can. He said, that's all I'm asking. Can you just not drink for 24 hours, wake up and do it again? And while that sounds very simple, a light bulb went off in my head and I said, wait, that's, that's how this works. Just don't drink today. And you mean, don't worry about the future because what the enemy always said to me was, if you stop drinking, you can never drink again. Well, I don't, you cannot drink forever. He always used those words. Well, how are you going to not drink forever? So I couldn't fathom not drinking forever. But what I could fathom was just not drinking for 24 hours. And to me, that was like a revelation from the Lord God himself. And that gave me hope. And then the other step of faith was when you rehab, you have these groups. And in these groups, we sit in a circle and we share and we talk. And if anybody knows me, especially when I was in my alcoholism, I probably wasn't going to tell you much and I wasn't going to be very open. And I certainly wasn't going to share all the things that was going on in my life. But when they ask you, how you doing? And you're sitting in rehab for 31 days, you can't very well give the can answer. I'm good. Because how can it be good? It's so good that you've got yourself in the rehab. So one of the steps of faith I had to take was to trust people with the facts, the truth about who I had become, how bad my alcoholism was, and to open up my closet that was full of fear, doubt, resentment, bad habits, things that I had done that I was ashamed of. And to share that in a group, sometimes there's as many 60 people in there. Sometimes it's small group, but to share that and to take that step of faith because it takes a major step of faith to raise your hand and say, I am an alcoholic. And they had us introduce ourselves that way. And the first time I did that, I was scared. I'll, I'll be very honest with you. I was really, really scared because I was sitting there saying, when you say this, you have to accept this. And that's a part of the healing was taking the step of faith to saying, hey, my name is Irvin Lee. And at that time, I said I was an alcoholic. And when I took that step of faith, it was like an anchor fell off me, like an anchor fell off me. And then I started to slowly unload all of the things, the burdens, the cares, the sin, the shame of how I got into alcoholism and how it began to run my life versus me running it, but ultimately realizing that the Lord God needed to run my life. 
And those times when I stepped out on faith and participated and started to get engaged with recovery uh, while I was there, worked the steps, the 12 steps. I remember seeing them on the wall and they said, oh, before you leave here, you're going to have to work all 12 of these steps. And if anyone knew me at that time, I was not the most motivated person in the world. But something happened to me two weeks in is that I started to believe that I could be recovered, that I could be sober. Because one of the things I loved about, I went to Valley Hope and I loved about Valley Hope is that all of the counselors, all of the staff, they were constantly giving you love, faith, and hope. And I really needed those things. And I I want you to realize that people that you see every day, whether it be your wife, your family, don't underestimate the power of saying to them, I love you. And then you show that to them. And I realized that in rehab is that I got so much love and then I got shown so much love. I really began to see why God is love because from all of that love came hope and it came, it, it, it fed my faith. It fed my faith being in this environment of all this love. Hey, brother Lee, you can make it today. Hey, brother Lee, I love you. And when you are in that active addiction, not very many people are telling you they love you because you're breaking their heart. You, you, you're, you're breaking their heart. They do love you. But a lot of times they are not showing you that because they are genuinely so concerned that you're going to kill yourself, destroy yourself, and that you may not recover if you don't get help that we're so busy trying to fix the problem, we forget the love, the person who is in the problem, who is in the addiction. And one of the things that I knew that I needed and I loved about the rehab experience is multiple times a day, I was being shown and told that I was loved and I was being encouraged. Because when we get ourselves into alcoholism, addiction, bad habits, whatever it may be, is we tend to beat ourselves up. We are way too hard on ourselves. So then if those around us come over top being hard on us, not encouraging us, not in love, not loving us, then it it feels like you're being piled on even the, the, the best intentions. So what I would say to you, if your loved one is in their active alcoholism or addiction, don't forget the love. Do not forget the love. Yes, you're going to have to be strong. Yes, you're going to potentially have to give them some tough love. But that does not mean it's void of you voicing to them, hey, I love you today. Hey, I know you can make it. And I want to acknowledge my wife here because 
when I was going through all that stuff, man, I saw a strength in my wife that I have not seen ever. She was always calm. And that, it amazed me because here I am, this self-willed tornado, just, it was like, I don't know how she did it. Yes, I do. She prayed and she read her Bible. But most importantly, her step of faith was she could have left. She could have packed up. She's highly educated. She could have left. She didn't need me at that point. She could have left, but she chose to honor her marriage vows. And she stayed with me. And there were many days where I'd wake up hungover and I would say, I can't believe she's still here. I always thought she would leave. But a part of her step of faith, and I need you guys to get this if you have a loved one, a husband, a boyfriend, a son, a daughter, her step of faith was, Lord, I'm going to put him in your hands. I'm going to trust you to heal him. And my wife will tell you, it was not her timing. It was the, the Lord's exact timing of when my healing would come. And my wife never lost faith. And if you are ready to take the first step of faith, we're going to tell you more and how you can do that on the other side. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal, and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back. I want to spend some time talking to you about Hampton Ministries. If you are ready to take that step of faith to do your part, to raise your hand and surrender and say, Lord God, would you help me not only overcome, but recover from my alcoholism, my drug addiction, or whatever it may be, understand and know that God is big enough. And we want to help you with that journey. You can go to HamptonMinistries.org and we can help you find a rehab. We can put you into an AA group. We can refer you to counselors and those who can help you no matter where you are. But I need to let you know that there is help and we are a part of that. We are the conduit to get you from where you are now to where the Lord wants to take you in your healing and your recovery. So please go to HamptonMinistries.org. Again, that's HamptonMinistries.org. And also, I want to appeal to all of our listeners tonight. 
we want to continue to do the good work that we are doing to help those who are suffering so mightily from drug and alcohol addiction. But we need your help. I'm just being honest. We need your help. We need you to go to hamptonministries.org and make a donation. And all of this money that you contribute will go to helping those who are suffering from drug and alcohol addiction. Again, it's hamptonministries.org. And I want to thank you guys in advance for your support and your continued support. And remember, the love, I love you, the faith is in Christ Jesus, and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.